This is Joe Cole, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to a Christmas Eve special of the podcast. That's right, we are here shortly after the Wolves match review, breaking it down. As always, yours, Brandon, my host, Nick and Dan. And gentlemen, the festive period is either over for this half of the fans, or it's just beginning for another half of the fans. Care to choose, Nicholas, which side you're on? doesn't really feel that festive I, I put on this stupid ass Chelsea ugly sweater um to try and make myself feel something and so far hasn't really worked so you know Merry Christmas to all and bah humbug and all that you haven't been able to replicate the magic of the day of your your namesake Saint Nicholas there so uh really just all of us losing in that regard I tell you what it's uh it's it's going to be a tough couple of days for some people, but hey, we're here. We're locked in. Obviously going to break down this one as best we can uh, on Christmas Eve, as we mentioned right after this one. So uh, we'll get the temp check, Dan, per usual. With the three-word match review, I was running the twits today, and I tell you what, engagement is heavy on this one. And uh, I love that on Discord, don't even need to provoke. They are, before the final whistle, in there just furiously typing. What did you pull out of here? Well, they are elite in the way that they respond to it. And look, great responses all around to what was not a great result, Jason, with the Festivus pod incoming. Lots of these are going to be Christmas themed. No surprise. Damien with the Nightmare Before Christmas and a GIF as well. Great effort there. Pooh with a lump of coal. Philip with the resting Grinch face, a classic 86 with the blue Christmas Eve, Captain Buzzkill with the yellow Christmas cards using the old Brandon Busby uh, image with the yellow caution card up. Ganazagina with you filthy animals. And then Caleb with the this is us. Those are some elite three word match reviews. If I do say so myself, like that is. That's really, really good stuff in there. Uh, so Nines and tens there. M- much better yeah. than the performances on the pitch today. I appreciate the score would rate those high. Yeah, I appreciate all involved, no doubt. Uh, but Dan, what about you? Santa skips SW6. Yeah, it went right to Molyneux, clearly. Uh, Nick, what about you? I, I don't mean this in a religious way, but I just thought it was a fun wordplay. Chelsea's naivete nativity. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot of play in there. Uh, na- yeah, a little bit of a word jumble. I went consolation doesn't console, but I appreciate Nkunku <laughs> and everything he brings to this team. Uh, <laughs> I think you might have won. That was really good. I'm impressed. I mean, standard status quo here. Uh, sure. I actually am, am quite appreciative, Dan, because I usually... Uh, I feel like falling third on this one. So nothing like peaking at the worst time of the season. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Uh, Per usual, we always want to shout everyone out, Dan, for ways they can help us. And for those that have, uh, super appreciated for all of that. Yeah, everybody's leaving wonderful five-star views on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You might be around a table this holiday and talking to a fellow Chelsea lover and or sufferer, rather. You should get them to listen to the podcast and maybe we'll cheer and lift their spirits. And you can also get them to rate and review with a five-star review. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, hit the bell icon to get notified, getting ever closer to 30,000 subscribers there. So we certainly appreciate that. You can also sign up to Sam's wonderful newsletter, the London is Blue Dispatch, doing bananas in terms of the business over 
over there. And then look, you can also get stuck in and involved. Costs a couple bucks, but ultimately you can get involved in the conversation and support the podcast via Discord. Another great way to get stuck into a great community as well. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this one. It was Wolves on Sunday, the 24th of December. First match on Christmas Eve in like 30 years. Appreciate you, Premier League. It was the Molyneux Stadium. In case you missed it, Wolves 2, Chelsea 1. 51st minute, Lamina with a wide open header. Uh, 90th plus 3, Doherty. And then 90th plus 6, Nkunku. Uh, Given a little bit of hope with that 11 that turned into 14 minutes of stoppage time. So Dan, run us through the lineup, then we can get into it. Well, look, it was Petrovic between the sticks, Malagusto, Axel Di Sassi, Thiago Silva, and Levi Colwell as your back four. It was Ugo Chukwu and Connor Gallagher as your midfield, and four attackers started, but uh, didn't necessarily always feel like it. Armando Broya, Cole Palmer, Nico Jackson, and Raheem Sterling were the four that started. And look, Poch making a habit of getting five subs out onto the pitch. Christopher Nkunku came on in the 58th minute. Mikhailo Mudra came out in the 59th minute. And then a triple sub in the 79th and 80th minute of Ian Matson, Benoit Badeshiel, and Nani Matawake coming back from a long-term injury that he had. So nice to see him back as well. Bergstrom, Bettinelli, uh, Lavia, and Matos as unused subs. Nice to see Lavia back on the bench as well. So good, good for him. Top line stats, Chelsea with 2.05 XG to Wolves 1.31. We had 69% possession, 16 shots, five on target to their 14 shots with six on target. Uh, from there, we had uh, six yellow cards <clears throat> to their three. We had nine fouls. So two out of every three fouls was a caution for Chelsea today uh, to Wolves 11 fouls. We had two big chances, only missed one. Wolves had three big chances missed, two. Uh, they hit the woodwork, and uh, we had four saves to their three. So uh, that's how the uh, stats test rolled out. Uh, but two not random stats, this one essentially just breaking it down, said Chelsea have lost four consecutive away Premier League games for the first time since December 2000 under the Tinkerman Claudio Ranieri who actually lost five. No side has lost more Premier League matches in 2023 than Chelsea with 19. Only Almeria, 24, Verde Bremen, 20, and Empoli, 20, have lost more games in the Blues across the big five European leagues. This calendar year. There's the finish of that one. Those are both terrible. And it's not over yet, Brandon. We still have more matches in 2023. Come on. Yep, Palace. Uh, uh, Nick, instant reacts to that that lineup. I think I felt pretty good with it. I was a little worried about Leslie. I felt like he got forced in with Caicedo and Enzo both out. Um, but I, I at least looked at this and was like, okay, yeah, no problem. Like, largely unchanged from the, the previous result. A little bit of consistency. Let's run it. Yeah, I, I was a little bit concerned with Colwell, I think, because he came off early and, and I think was, you know, over the last couple of weeks has kind of looked a little isolated out there at left back. Um, again, it, with all of our injuries, you worry about anyone coming back from injury, right? So Malagusto was another one where I was like, oh, is he ready to start? I mean, a cameo in a cup game is, is different than playing in the Premier League, right? So all that being said, it, it kind of played up like a, Four four two more than anything. It wasn't, you know, I, they had Jackson slotted and here's the number 10. It didn't really feel like that to me. I don't know if that's how it felt like to you guys, but 
it should have been enough for Chelsea to win this game. We have better players than they do, and they played better than we did. I, I think, Dan, um, you know, minus a couple of that, obviously the back line did a little shift, but, you know, this should have been good enough to beat Wolves on the day, at least at, like, face value, right? Well, the the stats would bear it out that Chelsea should have won this game. I think people will feel like we should have won this game, including our manager, when you look at the chances that Chelsea did create. But it is the reoccurring beat, the reoccurring theme, like uh, the little drummer boy of Chelsea's season just continues to hit the exact same note that if you can't finish your chances, you don't get to win games. Ah, how that will come back to us in the worst ways possible. All right. No MPET shit house moment of the match. It's hard to, right? When like nope. you get outworked on the pitch at the end of it, you lose 2 1. It's kind of, I, I feel like it's kind of becoming like the Dan of the match. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to have a spine to have an MPET shit house moment of the match. And we just, we don't right now. And that's a big problem for the team. Well, more on that as we discuss. We're going to take our first ad break when we get back. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about decision-making in the attacking third. So thank you to the sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, Chess fans, we're back with another partnership through the end of the year. We got NordVPN coming at you to make sure you are safe and you're able to watch Chelsea no matter where you are traveling during the holiday season. A lot of you know I just got back from Costa Rica from Thanksgiving with the family, and guess what? I used a VPN to watch Chelsea while I was traveling. Uh, I was able to watch it on Peacock, no problems at all. So if you're traveling out of the country this holiday season, make sure to get NordVPN so you don't miss uh, when we play Wolves on the 24th, when we play again after Boxing Day, and again, before the end of the year there are tons of matches coming up you don't want to miss a single one the other thing to think about are you want to see, watch match of the day are you trying to see the bbc coverage sky coverage you can do it with over 5,000 servers from nordvpn so if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash london is blue you're going to go ahead and pick the plan that's right for you and we're going to give you four extra months for being a fan of london is blue that's right you get an extra four months hanging out with us we absolutely appreciate you checking them out now if you aren't using a vpn hey i hate to break it to you you're the only one not only do they keep you secure and all your information is encrypted no more ip address tracking the other thing is they've doubled down and they've added threat protection feature so say goodbye to intrusive website ads malware even if you download an infected file threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer go to nordvpn.com for slash London is blue. Try it. Huge holiday deal. There's no risk. You get a 30-day money-back guarantee with NordVPN. That's how much they believe in the product. Support our sponsor, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. Go watch match today. Go watch Chelsea if you're traveling. Never going to have to worry about being tracked on the internet again. Link in the description. You know what to do. All right. So unfortunately today, decision-making leaves us guessing. That's coming from the players. And the managers who's making our Chelsea Christmas cheer disappear. Well written, Dan. Credit where credit is due. Uh, the decision making was not great. A bit shit, as one might say. So uh, in attack, as it looked, the number one play. Uh, it was funny. Someone actually tweeted us and, and did the still frame with Raheem in on goal against Sa with Palmer and Jackson to his right and said, he in fact would not score this 30 for 30 on ESPN coming soon. How? How in the world? Obviously, we know it didn't come off, but like, what's going on here? We've seen it a couple of times now. This this exact type of 
series of events where we do have a one or two player advantage in terms of our attack on defense and don't make the right decision we either choose to shoot when we don't necessarily have the the best angle i mean if you take a look at that raheem sterling one i mean his foot's on you know he's got the ball on the right foot you know his saw is absolutely closing down on him and realistically you've got one of two players now you might be concerned nico jackson is offside uh cole palmer absolutely is not offside so you you definitely have an outlet there um and you don't really have any pressure behind you. So you have plenty of time to make the decision, get it right and put it into the pathway to get a almost surefire goal, which completely changes the entire complexion of this game because Wolves don't want to be chasing a goal. You give them a goal up. They can play and dictate the game exactly how they want to take it for the rest of the game, Nick. But I think ultimately, you know, we see again the same issue of we are not coherent within our attack. Our attackers are not supporting one another. It's less of a team. We talk about this as the construct of the team Chelsea is failing. It is not a team. It is a group of individuals who are not necessarily on the same page. They're not committed to helping support one another. And this is this right here. We can play back, I think, in two or three months time. And if like th- this would be something, I don't know how it's going to get changed. It does because it, it feels like it's just continuing to happen time and time again. Yeah, you you, you said it right. I mean, it, it feels like everyone's out for themselves in this photo. Um, I, it is not the first time this has happened this year either. We have missed a ton of these sorts of chances that every other Premier League team, and I mean every other Premier League team, Sheffield United included, scores a goal here. Every single other fucking team scores a goal here. I mean, Brandon, you're looking at the goalkeeper. He's not even in the middle of the goal. There's acres of goal to shoot at. A player of Raheem Sterling's quality and experience simply is not playing at, at a level commensurate with his own standard. And I, I, I cannot believe in looking back at this, that we were not one nil up cruising to two nil up after this photo, because they were, we were, we were clearly more aggressive in the first half. We didn't really do much in the second half, obviously, but like, this is a, this is abysmal and it's happened for years now. And I'm looking at that guy at 29 years old who should be the talisman of this team from an attacking standpoint moving forward, simply not capable of making the right choice one-on-one. And all he has to do is slide the ball over to Palmer, who's as sure-footed as as you could ever hope for. I, I don't know, man. Well, I mean, look, there was four options available. Three of them would have resulted in a goal. He chose door number four, right? Because he, he could have dribbled him, Fernando Torres-esque. Right. Yep. Didn't do that. Uh, could have passed, which is the FIFA sweat goal. I, I mean, Raz knows the FIFA sweat goal. Uh, could have dinked him from that point, which would have been the hardest of those three, without a doubt. And he chose the shot. He was looking for that gap between the elbow and the hip and just hit it right into the goalkeeper. And like Sa is trying to be clever. I've been in the situation. It's miserable. You actually want to cheat to the right so that you try to force them to go to the left. The fact that he shot there and shot so poorly is just 
it's bad. I mean, he could have opened it up and framed it even better. You could make four options out of five and he chose five. It just, it's not good enough, especially in this situation. And I, these are the points where like, I actually feel bad for Poch. There's what more could you have possibly wanted out of the team? Great, great win. Uh, breaking with numbers, spreading out the runs, maybe not ideal, but like the, there's no reason. There's no reason he's going to halftime being like, wow, uh, all right, we got to come up with something here. It's it's unfathomable. I like I just get so confused um, how Chelsea are unable to do the, to do the easy things like this, and um, it's made our lives so much more difficult this season because of it. There's no doubt about it. Um, I I'm my mind's blown. But it wasn't just. Raheem, which by the way, apparently I can't call him Raz on social. If he's having a bad game, I'm supposed to call him Raheem. So appreciate the comment. Oh, it's like Bob and Robert. You know, you got you got to know when you can give the uh, you know Raz Razmataz. That's that's a positive. That's a positive moment. Yeah, clearly Raz is a <clears throat> um, a positive nickname, right? And he, we're not allowed to use that. The uh, the other one is Nico Jackson, which lightning rod. Uh, I'm just gonna say real quick, don't say something on Twitter you're gonna highly regret for a long time. I think some people have already done it, but um, you can be upset and still not uh, venomous. I would say, but uh, Nick, as we see here, he got into the box with the ball, but he only registered a single shot, and that was in the 12th minute early on, and lost possession 11 times, constantly trying to bring it over to his right foot. It, he just refuses to use his head or his left that that beautiful cross by Raheem where he's on the back post he tried to trap with the outside of his right foot which is the inside I mean it should have been an easy left foot soft volley into the back of the net it's just he he is questioning everything he does right now low confidence yeah and it's, it's limiting um for sure to have an attacker who is not confident on most of his shooting apparatus, you know, like it's, it's difficult. And I think there was a lot of chatter from what I could tell, you know, finishing has been a consistent, I think kind of trope for him this year, but like the effort, kind of the aimlessness, the, uh, again, stupid yellow card that was received. I think he had a very poor day out and I think it is completely fair to criticize that performance as not being at the standard. Um, I, you know, again, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if you can make a player magically better on his left foot throughout the, the span of one, you know, kind of season or if he needs, you know, something else in training or, or whatever, because, you know, again, we don't claim to be, coaches um on on this podcast but i think people were just as upset with the effort at times as they were with the end result and that is not a place that you want to be if you're jackson right part of your allure is that you know from from whatever you want to to talk about him this year he's been a hustle kind of player you know he's been chasing a lot he's been you know working the press he's been doing some of the off the ball things that are kind of minimum requirements for Chelsea. There were, there were moments today where that wasn't happening. And I think that's when the fans started to, to pile on. Well, I, I think we're, 
I'm struggling is, and you know, I think when you look at the other striker on the pitch as well, I mean, Broya didn't have a great game either. Nope. I mean, I think he was much better in, in the last match than he was in this one. You know, he, the, he, he only registered a single shot as well in the 11th minute. He was quiet and muted for the rest of the game as well. I think both of them are struggling not having a more senior striker to either play off against or to partner with or to be someone who can they can play off of. I think we, we have two players, I think, who are more likely better suited as a second striker to someone else or in need of someone who can provide them better or more regular service because you look at who is on the pitch in terms of, of Sterling and in terms of Mudrik who are not necessarily I mean, Sterling, you know, is a better assister, uh, even after what we would say today than maybe Mudrik has been, but there's still just not enough connective tissue. And when you've gone then to Gallagher and Ugo Chukwu as your midfielders, I was not expecting them to assist or contribute from an attacking perspective today, given it was going to be on the front four entirely to make something happen, Brandon. And so when that didn't, when they were not making it happen, I didn't think anybody else is going to be contributing a goal. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think we've seen that most of the season and, and with those players, but if you're going to throw on four attackers with Connor and behind, like, surely that's enough at some point you need some people to stay back and defend a little bit and that's what we're we're waiting for yeah um you know look it it was it was not a fluid day it was a lot of lack of movement uh which i think is the most frustrating thing especially towards the end you only had like one or two players kind of in the box uh and like two to three players on each wing kind of waiting for that ball to go out wide to recycle in. So it, it, it's uh, I understand Wolves wanted to play a, a deep line towards the end. If you look at the attacking momentum on Sofa score, they really only played for about 30 minutes, right? About eight, nah, maybe not even, honestly. It's about eight minutes before halftime. And then it was a good 15, 20 minutes after. And they shelled up the rest of the game after that. And uh, when it came down to that, like minus them switching off and Nkunku being wide open, at the top of the six, like we were back to just recycling the ball back and forth and never a lot of standing around. No movement. We, we, no, no movement. I, I mean, and Kunku was the only player. There were four or five of these. Go watch the tape where he was the only one trying to dive at a desperate cross that was coming across the six yard box. Like he fully like salmoned a couple of these, like where he was full, like if he gets hit there, he's going to be really hurt. And he was the only one showing that sort of grit and determination to get on the end of one of these crosses. But again, it begs the question for me, Dan, why is that the only method of attack when you're playing a low block? We've been so frustrated over the last handful of seasons. I mean, just this season, but the fact that we cannot have the creative juice to unlock some of these like wolves is a very average defense they're not even the best in class like they were just stood in space where they thought they thought we were going to be and it worked Uh, i mean the only person i think reliably among the bunch of players that we discussed who might win a header and might actually be able to kind of flick on would have been in kunku i mean maybe 
Palmer occasionally not necessarily reliable there. Jackson not necessarily reliable uh, from from Breck's perspective uh, as it relates to heading. I mean, Gallagher, if he was making a run in, sure. I mean, that would have been an option. But when you don't have Silva, Betty Ashiel, Caicedo, others kind of pressing forward, like we, we don't really have that type of aerial dominance in this team at the moment who can contribute that in the attack. And so like the crosses were, I think, waiting for someone to run in on. And I think that's where like the movement was necessarily like it needed to either be, you know, you, you couldn't go low because of the amount of players in the box. And so you needed to find some other way to create create an opportunity. And, and I think, Brandon, this is like the issue. Like we are creating opportunity. Like we are just not, when we have the opportunity, when we have the space, when we had chances, we just continue to not take advantage of it. Cause like I pulled this and this was pre this game where we had like another two XG. We have continued to win the XG battle, but lose the war of actually like getting a result on the pitch. If you add the two in just on top of what we're at right now, that puts us basically level with Liverpool in terms of total XG created. Uh, And then Liverpool are one behind Newcastle. Um, And that would actually we would then be ahead of City by uh, by three. So like that is crazy because all of those teams have a better record than us and we are the one who just continues to underperform yeah newcastle here this is from fb ref has 36.4 xg created this season liverpool on 35.4 we were 33.3 headed into it to dan's point that puts us at 35.3 essentially level with liverpool and then man city are in fourth with 32.2 and arsenal at 32.1 i think this is the strongest potch in argument for those that are like Oh, it's Poch. It's not, or it's Poch's fault, not the players. I mean, I would think that he's clearly setting the team up to be successful. If you know we're with Liverpool, and Newcastle at the top of the table, you want to create chances. Now, at the end of the day, players have to finish, right? Players have to make the right decision. Maybe you could argue, Nick, that oh, well, they need to create different chances so that the players can actually finish. But I don't think anyone like on this podcast, our listeners are going to be like, you know what? We really haven't created enough chances. Like that's Maurizio sorry. Well, where like chances weren't coming. We are just possessing to possess. Like they're yeah. there. We just take one too many touches, try to pull it from a right to a left. Like you just think of all the things we, we've talked about. It's clearly a decision-making or an inability to get that final shot off the buildup play and getting into dangerous spaces has, has largely been there consistently, consistently this season. Well, it's been better than last season, right? I think like we we talked about the goals scored so far being better than last season. A lot of the chances being created being better than last season, but it's still not good enough. I mean, it's still not good enough for the profile club that Chelsea are. And this is, you know, if you're going to you know, pile on Mauricio Pochettino after this game, and there are a lot of people who were piling on Mauricio Pochettino, um, and and this this would be an area where I would I would pile on because he's now been with them six months these chances still go begging, right? So it makes me question what methodology is happening in, in training where we're, we're better than we were, but we're not nearly good enough to break through and be a top six side. And, and a lot of that's down to goal scoring. Um, you know, there, there have been plenty of games where we've been in it, we've been in it, we've been in it. We concede a dumb goal and then we can't claw our way back. 
and Chelsea of old, the Chelsea that people are nostalgic for right now, always fought back, always got that goal, always found some pathway forward, always had a bit of extra quality to to go and get it. And I think that is, you know, if I were trying to sort through a lot of the Twitter comments that I got, um, I think that was that that may be a theme uh, that people are really, really frustrated by. I, I, I get it. Look, the the biggest difference for us, and Dan, you have put it in the table, we're in the bottom half of this squad shooting, right? In the sense of we're not getting shots off, right? So you remember our, our, our XG was about the same as Liverpool. They get 323 shots off this season. We have 226. That means blocked, off frame, on frame, in the goal. We're almost a hundred, a hundred <laughs> shots fewer. Tottenham two eighty eight, Arsenal two seventy six, Brighton two seventy. That's your top four. We're at twenty two twenty six um, shots per ninety. Thirteen, right? Top of the table, they're over fifteen, pushing eighteen. Most of our shots have come off of free kicks, and how many of those have gone in? One. <laughs> One. Like these are not where we want the numbers to be coming from at this point. So, you know, Dan, it, it, the expected here uh, of 33.3 is really almost shows you just how much better the positioning in the in the build up play is because there's jack shit on the end of it. Well, it's it is kind of I think at this point it feels a little ridiculous ultimately. I mean, that 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 would probably be the best way to to say it is that like you can't continue to do all this and not create the opportunities for yourself to win games to take advantage of games and ultimately I mean I think there's there's things that would make sense to do like I'm I'm shocked that we still aren't finding ways I mean we had six corners right in not one of those corners did I think we registered any type of attempt that would have put us in a situation to say, oh, that would count as a shot on target. That would count as a goal opportunity. That is a consistent theme over the course of the season that we are not, I mean, there have been a couple, right? There have been a couple goals that we've, I think, fluked into because a player misses their jump and we just happened to jump higher and we had tend to knock it in. And that's great. That is absolutely fantastic. I would like to see more of those. You know what will get more of those? A set-piece coach who would coach that into this team to both defend set pieces so that we don't give those up and then help us from an attacking set piece perspective so we actually can do some creative stuff and actually create more chances with the opportunities we're being given. And then this would be like, hey, six more chances to potentially will yourself an extra goal in this game where maybe you are struggling against a block, but because you set up for a set piece situation, you might be able to make something happen, Nick. Well, like, I, we've, we've played terrible on set pieces all year, but the one game where we actually attacked set pieces offensively was against Brighton. We had those two nod backs that ended up being goals. We haven't done that since that game. Why? Like what? It works. You have tall guy back post heads back, someone in the box, easy header forward goal. It's not an, you know, a brilliant, you know, piece of, offensive football but it works it's effective like we aren't even getting a head on the ball now like that is completely regressing brighton and it wasn't like we were great before that offensively defensively it's a fucking shambles which we can get into but like offensively we tried that thing it worked twice and then we haven't done it since (laughs) 
Uh, look, I the other thing I'll say about this is, um, the 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 conversions are pretty much there. Like it's about one out of every ten goes in. We just don't shoot. It is the lack of a killer instinct. No one has the confidence to take anything one time. They uh, all have to walk it in. They have to walk it in and get a sure that instead of just ripping. Like Jose Sla is not a great goalkeeper, Brandon. It's not. No, there's no, there's, there's no argument there. Um, but I think like the again, the frustration is they have to put it on their strong foot. They have to have time. It's just like just smash it into a corner and and move on, you know. And and we don't do that. So any, anyways, enough about that. But they clearly, like, this is the two halves of the question. And this is where people have to figure it out, right? Like, are you on the XG side that, hey, there's there's momentum? Or are you on the, the lack of shots, a.k.a. the players not doing the last bit? Uh, I was laughing in my head when we were talking about this. If you muted the word shoot in Discord, it would be very quiet during these matches. Because half the time, everyone's just yelling shoot anytime these players get in a half uh half um you know chance and we just don't do it so um i don't know we'll see we can continue to dig into it all right we're gonna take our last ad break when we get back uh plenty more uh, definitely just kind of talking big picture lack of discipline so much more so thank you to sponsors and we'll be right back all right a it may be christmasy but don't worry we have more pods coming at you that's right cfc central's back with the palace preview we'll do the palace match review and then we've obviously got the luton match preview so dan and sam putting in the hours make sure to sub and check it out all right for this last one here uh just talk about the fact that discipline has gone missing uh like where do we place this on potch the players i mean it is non-existent you know if we go through the cautions today um, you start out, Connor gets his for a foul. All right, we're playing football. Then Cole Palmer argument. Malo Gusto kicking the ball away. Nico Jackson argument. Raheem Sterling simulation. Actually feel pretty bad for him on that one, Dan. And then the last, the cherry on top is my guy who I'm cooling on after this, Marcus Bettinelli from the bench. Yellow card for arguing, Dan. Uh, this is bad. Everyone is circulating. The Nico Jackson has more cautions and goals. Sterling is now suspended. Palmer's now suspended. This is a problem. We're not kicking. We're not bad lumping vibes. people. We're talking. It's bullshit. Bad vibes. Very bad vibes. I mean, ultimately, we are going to be... Uh, I actually think with the cards we received today, we are going to be number one in in one table for the league, and that is yellow cards received. We were we were we were just behind uh, Sheffield United as the uh, second most caution side, and so now we have gone up into first place, top of the table for Christmas. What an honor! What a wonderful moment for us to celebrate and recognize. We are three red cards in total this season, only behind Liverpool and Tottenham, who have four apiece. And when you start to go through the list of players, I mean, you know, again, uh, this, you know, add, add one, right? So, like Nico Jackson, you had the one for today, eight total cards. Mark Kukurea at five cards. Connor Gallagher now with five cards. Sterling now with five cards. Enzo with four cards. Palmer with five cards. Caicedo with three cards. Like, this is really unfortunate. But it a lot of it is actually down to the player 
not <laughs> actually saying anything because so many of ours have actually just come from like stupid dissent. And I know that the I think the issue, Nick, is the rule has changed season over season, but we have not caught up to the rule and said, you know what? Like this is the rule now. And it sucks, but we need to find a different way to channel our frustration than mouthing off to the official. And you know what? We as fans very much know that the officials get a lot wrong. And I think that can be frustrating to feel that the game is not being officiated fairly or that you're not getting the right call. But ultimately, this comes down to, I think, Pochettino is saying, like, look, we can't have this stupid BS happen anymore because at this point, like you are you are being detrimental. Like now we walk into a game that should be an opportunity for us or should have been an opportunity for Chelsea to you know get three more points right against Crystal Palace. And now multiple players in an injury crisis are not going to be available that are healthy that could contribute because they have accumulated these fouls over the course of the season. This really lights my fire. I have I could forgive the first couple of months of the season players not understanding the rules or not adjusting to the rules effectively. But this fish rots from the head. This is on Poch to me. Like this is a, a clearly a coachable area for the team and they have not been coached out of it. And I think there were times last year where the team did not play with enough fire and everyone lit them up for that. This year they can't contain themselves. And it's the it's the really dumb ones like Bettinelli today that really light my fire. Shut the fuck up. What 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 are you doing? Like what is what are you accomplishing from the bench, Marcus Bettinelli, who has not played this season? Are you just taking one for the team for reasons? Like why? Malagusto, stop kicking the ball away. Nico Jackson, figure out any other way like run off your frustration. It's unacceptable and it's hurting the team because once you're on that yellow card, you have to play differently than you would have played. Otherwise you don't have the freedom, Connor Gallagher. You don't have the freedom to make the tackle anymore because the next one could be your right card. This is unfucking acceptable to me. I, I, I just genuinely, it's not the really tough tackles that upset me. You know, because those happen in every game. I think it's a physical league with physical teams in it. It's the mouthing off to the official. It's the kicking the ball away. It's the descent from the bench. You got to get this shit under wraps. I mean, if there is ever a moment where I feel remotely qualified to talk about something like this, it's now. Like, this is unacceptable. And if you keep going... It's only going to hurt your chances and hurt your chances and hurt your chances. We are now missing what three players from the next game for dis- for dissent or for yellow card accumulation, like the dumbest possible reasons. And and what you you may not beat Palace because you don't have your full complement of options and an injured team already. I mean, God, give me a break, man. It's it's so bad. Well, Dan, look, this is what is creating so much contention within the Chelsea community right now, right? And and I was thinking it's one of those things where like, you know, you're at a wall in the cartoon and then like one leak appears, so you like stick a finger in it. Then another leak appears, so you stick a finger in it. Then another leak, it's like, 
we can't plug enough leaks in our ship right now because there are no digits left. Yeah. There are no digits left for the number of holes that are popping open. Plug one, two come out, right? And like the cautions are compounding into suspensions. Jackson's about to get a two match mandatory suspension. Welcome to the Premier League. Uh, this is creating so many risks because like, I don't think we really know like where to focus our energy and effort to fix it because there's always something else. There's always something else, a new thing or consistent, like with the bad behavior and the lack of discipline. This is where the fractures are, I think, in the Chelsea verse right now. And it is really hard for people to try to grasp what apparently used to be a well-run ship tightly, right or wrong, and the floodgates have opened. Well, I think it's people struggle with the fact that the players don't seem to have accountability, right? And I think a lot of players potentially who might have gotten dropped to to things like these suspensions can't be because of injury, which is, you know, another thing, you know, these injuries kind of continuing is about the accountability for our, our fitness, our conditioning, our training. And that is like the medical department, the coaching team, the questions and concern around like, are these coaches executing at the level that they need to be to deliver for Chelsea? I think that is fair frustration to feel at this moment at this time, because it doesn't seem like players are continuing to improve it may be at the way that they were or we thought they might be at earlier points in the season. And so like that is a concerning or kind of an indicator that maybe something is not going the way that it should be. And then you have the recruitment, the players in and out that we've done you know, with the, you know, the technical directors, the, the footballing directors that we have in place you know, that may have not set our, our team, our manager up for success within who they brought in and who they took away and where Chelsea are right now. You know, we, we talked about, you know, at the beginning of the season, Nick, who those players would potentially be that, would go missing who would be leaving and we would regret that they left boy oh boy i wouldn't mind ruben loft sheep back in the chelsea side right now um i wouldn't mind a couple players who've left over the past couple windows to be back actually in this side over some of the players that we've brought in not saying every player has been bad but i, I think from you know organizationally owners directors manager players everyone is accountable to the way we feel right now as supporters which is frustrated that the club is not achieving or hasn't hasn't gone back to the level that we would expect them to be at which is competing for a title or competing for you know european glory it, it is just whack-a-mole everybody gets a failing grade right now at this point in the season 10th halfway through the table that's a failing grade. It's a failing grade. Come on. I mean, we have to be serious about it. Now, I think there's a significant difference in saying that there's a failing grade happening and we need to burn all the ships. Like, you can, you can have a nuanced take like that. You can admit this has not gone to plan for a thousand reasons. Injuries, suspensions, bad luck, VAR performances all of it and still think that firing a manager is not the right call right like that you know that selling your selling your captain right now is not the right call right like 
I, I wanted to see a lot more progress than I'm seeing at this point in the season. I think everyone has. I think the inconsistency has driven people crazy. It's certainly I'm, – I'm teetering toward that. I think when we did our Smokey the Bear a few weeks ago, I was not in the stage that you guys were, but I'm I'm very much there now that I thought we had some winnable games coming up. Surely if we won those games, the team went on a run, and things would change. It's not happening. I saw this loss coming from a mile away. The team is not capable of putting together two good enough, not even great, good enough performances to win in a week. And we're not even playing extra football like some of the teams at the top of the table. That's really, really concerning. All of it's concerning. Do I think we should abandon ship and light everything on fire? No. But I'm concerned. I think it's fair to be concerned. I don't think that, you know, as Brandon said, if you're on Twitter saying things that you can't walk back, that, that may be a tougher spot to be in than, than what I'm saying. But it's, it is frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. I, be frustrated. For all the fans who went up there and had to witness that on Christmas, like, get your money back. <laughs> because that wasn't good enough. But, I, again, I think there is a huge difference in it, acknowledging a failing grade, acknowledging the sources of the failing grade, and saying – fuck it, everything's burning. Let's just burn it. Does that, does that make sense to anyone else? I don't know. Well, I would say we've definitely already burned everything we had and have started over. Um, we're, we're definitely, it's like, as you're trying to build it up, we've definitely had some setbacks Some pieces have crumbled and had to start over. The, the architectural design of this club is not working out. Like, point blank, whatever Bully and Igbali thought that they were going to do when they came in, it's not coming off. It's not working the way they wanted to, but instead we just kind of are, are plowing along with some things. And uh, on paper, bringing in Potch, his backroom staff, settled uh, a bunch of young up-and-coming players probably makes sense. Where I get upset is the sporting directors clearly didn't have the, the foresight to realize bringing in a bunch of U21s to compete in the Premier League isn't a winning strategy and there needed to be more balance, especially as Tiago Silva winds down his career. You put all of the pressure on Raheem Sterling and potentially a Ben Chilwell as your senior players from an age perspective. Chilwell's not around. Raheem is up and down and there's no one left to grab this team by the scruff of the neck and drive them forward like we used to have. To Nick, you said in the beginning, there's no spine in this team. And that's where we have some massive failures. And I put a lot of it at the sporting directors in the feet of them. And here we go on their squad building project. And I have no idea what's going to happen in January. But we can't burn another like $300 million, Dan. I mean, we surely can't. But time will only tell. And it's just going to put us in a worse position financially. And we're going to be trying to chase uh, our burn rate until it comes back to, to haunt us is my biggest concern now. Well, I think it's funny because you're thinking about it like as a startup culture and, and maybe this is just me and my background. I'm also I'm thinking, thinking about, about it, it from like, like Bully and Bali too, right? Like how are they potentially well, looking I, at I, this? Yeah, I'm thinking about it like from the, the tech or like, you know, building out like a, a, a system or an app or something. And like you, you get an opportunity when you're building things like that to do it in a sandbox before you ever take it out and roll it out to get like your user testing and to get feedback on it. And as much as you would hope to have some ability to test and see your theory, 
in sport, it doesn't exist like that. I mean, the way to test that theory would have been to do it in a to actually go the reverse route instead of Chelsea first and then like Strasbourg and other teams. It would have been to get into Strasbourg first and then build up and add in the other clubs. Um, and so now we're potentially seeing the 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 issue of kind of a, a lack of understanding or a, a lack of the right individuals to help execute the larger strategy. And I, I think that's where, whether that's players, whether that's the sporting director, whether that's the, the, the profile of manager you're looking for, all the pieces don't fit together appropriately. And I think that's where there's the issue now, Nick, is that the, 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 the board can't be set together appropriately. And it's going to need someone to come in and say like, look, here, here's what we're going to do from January 1st forward. Like I would imagine is not a nice Christmas Eve for anybody affiliated with Chelsea's hierarchy around trying to figure out how are you going to change this heading into the new year? Because none of this is matching the ambition that anybody has has set out publicly, whether that's the owners, whether that's the sporting directors, whether that's the manager, none of this matches with what the expectation was to achieve at the end of the season. And this is your your last point in January. If you're going to make a change, you have to know what that change is going to be now. Yeah, I don't. I mean, this is the really difficult part is, uh, you know, I'm looking at Twitter. I'm looking at my own mentions. People are not happy with some of the things that I've said. And I don't think I've said anything rash. I think I've actually gone the other direction. I don't know if Saki Mauricio Pochettino gets you anywhere else this season. I think you're in a really hard spot if you're Chelsea. And if you do not make the current crop of players better, if you don't get better performance improvement out of some really talented uh, players who are paid a lot of money, I don't know what else, what else is going to happen here. I don't, I don't think bringing in Victor Osimhen or Ivan Tony is going to, is going to change your season. I don't think sacking Mauricio Pochettino is going to change your season. I don't think, sporting directors leaving is going to change your season. I, I think the the choices that were made in August are the ones that we have to live with. This is the bed that we have to lie in. And the only option that I see is that Pochettino and his staff and the players come together and coalesce and stop whatever has happened so far and improve. And I know that sounds like really caveman basic, but I, I don't know what else we can realistically do here brandon i'm I, I mean that's i think the frustration of it all yeah i mean you sack potch lampard's coming back let's be honest <laughs> like is that really what we want or need right now i mean it, it, this is not i don't know anyways i just i don't see it either uh but speaking of potch to your point uh he had some quotes post-match he said quote we feel very disappointed because i think we deserve much more this competition wounds you when you are not clinical we created chances. That's why it's so disappointing. We conceded after a few corners, and it was really difficult. We need to score if we want to win the games. We are very disappointed. Sometimes we have to keep a clean sheet if we cannot score. We conceded too many corners. We need to keep going and pushing. Young teams learn from this sort of game, end quote. Dan, it's like we had a corner meter, and it's like, oh, we can defend three but not four. And we got to four <laughs> and we conceded. They broke us down. But what do you think about Potts there? I mean, obviously he's talking about no clinic. We needed to be clinical. 
you have to score goals to win in this league. Uh, and then he kind of bails the players out at the end and says, this is something they're going to learn from. I don't know what else he can necessarily do. I mean, he, again, on the stats, you would argue that we should win the game. And I mean, he's pointing back to, I would say <laughs> he would pull up the sofa score and he should just point to it and be like, hey, see, see, like we, we did enough to win this game. And he would be accurate to the effect of like, yes, if you run ran this in simulation, we did enough to win. But it comes down to, I think, the points we discussed earlier, the, the player discipline, the execution on chances, you know, the the inability or in, in avail, uh, unavailability of certain players, Nick. I mean, ultimately, like, I don't. I don't know what else I'm expecting him to say at this point. You know, I, I know he's not, I don't think he's overly cheery or effusive, but I also think he's not doom and gloom. And I mean, I think the doom and gloom has to be kind of the behind the scenes thing to try to get it figured out and, and address it. I, I feel so I'm, I'm really conflicted about this. The things he can control are training and improving players in training, setting up the team properly, getting the right tactics, helping with the discipline, all that sort of stuff. He can't score the fucking goals. I mean, and and the reason that I'm conflicted and maybe sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, and I hope that's not the way it's coming across, is because Chelsea have struggled to score for years now. Like, this is not just a him problem. This is, we're actually better than we were last year scoring goals, uh, which was a very low bar to clear, admittedly, because it was as bad as, as it's ever been. But I, he can't score them, too. You know, and so I... I, I am conflicted about this, Brandon. Do I think that Mauricio Pochettino needs to do a much better job in the second half of the season with this team? I do. And I think that's a fair enough point. We're 10th. It's a failing grade. But, it, you know, it, it's not Mauricio Pochettino with the one-on-one or the three-on-one against the goalkeeper to put away the first goal either. And you need your Raheem Sterlings to come through. If Nkunku gets all these goals and and shows the quality we've been missing, then maybe we have a different conversation in February or whatever, but I don't know, man. I, it, it's, it's just maddening to, to watch this. And, and I, I don't think that sacking at, at this point, I'm just putting it out there. I don't think sacking him is going to do the job that fans are hoping for. And I think it's a wild swing to suggest that if you don't have a better option. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, there's no, there's no doubt. I was just kind of looking at stats again and things like this, and and trying to think back to the match. And um, look, everyone's going to have an opinion. I think this is the project that the owners enabled through the sporting directors. Poch is aware of it, so I do think he's trying not to bring the thunder. But at the end of the day, you got to score goals. There's no excuse that Chelsea did not score one goal today, and uh, and he's making sure everyone knows that. Well, one more goal, you mean, beyond the uh, beyond the Nkunku yeah. goal? Yeah. His first goal. No no balloon celebration, which was disappointing, but also uh, very understandable given the state of I'm, the game. Yeah, pleased about that, honestly. I, I think that would have sent the wrong message. I also think, like, young teams learn from this sort of game. We've had this sort of game a lot this year. We haven't learned. So, what, you know, that that's another thing. Like, at some point, those have to come good, don't they? It, yeah, for sure. Um, I forgot where it's going. Oh yeah. So unfortunately, like I think, oh yeah. Olivia Buzaglo tweeted that, uh, this in Cuckoo made his debut and then this was his debut goal in the Premier League as well. <laughs> like what a, a flattening mood for him to, to get both those, but just shows you how important he is. 
All right. Uh, obviously, no Dan of the match. So we can move on from that. But, Nick, the festive fixture period. This was, I believe, the last match of the game week. Um, City were off winning the Club World Cup. So that game was postponed. But uh, everyone else played. Um, what do we have? Palace Brighton 1 1, Villa Sheffield United 1 1. That was kind of a interesting Makes result. our win look West better, Ham. baby. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, West Ham, Man United, uh, West Ham just throttled them in the second half. Um, that was kind of hilarious. And then United announced uh, Ratcliffe today. So uh, take that. Uh, Burnley beat Fulham. Uh, Red Hot Fulham lose to Burnley. That's a weird one uh, at home, too. Uh, Luton beat Newcastle. Um, really cool moment where Andros Townsend lifted up uh, Lockyer's shirt after the cardiac arrest last week. So that was uh, very, very cool. Uh, Forrest uh, lose to Bournemouth on a Dom Solanke hat trick. Everyone clamoring for Dom Solanke in the January window now. My, how the turntables. Uh, Tottenham beat Everton 2-1. Everton had a few chances to level that or even win it in the second half. Just didn't have enough quality. Liverpool Arsenal, very, very boring 1-1 draw. And then Wolves beat Chelsea 2-1. So, again, there was a huge opportunity if you win this game to move up, you know, and then claw some of those points back that you desperately need against rivals. And they couldn't fucking do it. Yeah, a bit of a bummer, um, which leaves us in a bigger pile of bummer. The table, Arsenal top on 40 points still. Liverpool second on 39 points. Villa third, also on 39 points. Tottenham in fourth with 36. City in fifth with the game in hand. They could jump right back uh, up to fourth. They got West Ham six, Newcastle seven, United eight, Brighton nine, Chelsea 10th on 22 points. Even if we won today, we would still be in 10th because Brighton are on 27. There's starting to be a gap between us and the single digit places. Highly concerning. Wolves are now up to 11th level on points with us, and so are Bournemouth. So now we have to worry about Wolves and Bournemouth jumping us every single week, and even Fulham in 13th on 21 points. We are now one bad week of results away for being in 13th place. That's yeah, the only thing saving us right now is our goal differentials plus one, and theirs are minus seven, minus eight. So it's like but soon it's po- tenuous at best. Points are about to overtake that. The way this is going, yeah. this is shambolic. Uh, Fulham, like I said, are in 13th on 21 points. Brentford are one win away from drawing us in 14th on 19 points. Then you get into Palace in 15th on 18 points. Lord, we have to win that game. Oh my God. Uh, Everton in 16th on 16 points, which again, big asterisk next to their name with their record. Forrest in 17th on 14 points. Then you've got Luton in 18th on 12, Burnley 19th on 11, Sheffield in 20th on 9. Dan, it there we have missed two to three really obvious moments of picking up even one point like today that would have made a significant difference. And now we unfortunately are much closer to a uh, becoming a teenager than getting into single digits in the table. That That is concerning and such a problem right now.
I mean, you're you're five points off Brighton in ninth. That's a big gap. You, you should be closer to to Man United and Newcastle than you are. West Ham shit housing their way to thirty points at this point in the season. That would have been about the minimum expectation that I would have had for about halfway through. I to get sixty points in a season shouldn't be hard for Chelsea Football Club, but it is. And we have to, I mean, again, it's bad. Everyone gets failing great. I've said this multiple times on the show. I think that is the anger I have. The discipline is the anger I have. The, the lack of improvement or consistency is the anger I have. I think we're just going to be in a tough spot this year, guys. And everyone's just going to have to buckle up. Well, buckle up indeed. But that's going to wrap us up. We are done Sh- as everyone is shutting the laptops until the new year. Slam. Uh, and they're on their work posts. We are only shutting them for a few days. There's a lot more, as we said, from content. And uh, we play Palace coming up pretty soon. So, uh, look, pause the Chelsea nonsense. Find time during the holidays to enjoy enjoy some moments. Make some memories with friends and family. Um, we're all lucky to do that. And we want you to do it as well. But we're still here for you on the Chelsea side. If you need consoling, a little bit of consolation, head up Discord. That's where our friends are. But anyways, that's going to wrap us. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. Flying high.